This is Leslie. And this is Liam. And we're trading money stress for real happiness. You are listening to Seeds, a 15-minute debrief on young people's common money challenges. Every episode will bring someone new to the table to plant a foundational seed on how to grow our wealth and unlock our ideal lifestyles. We're so glad you're here. And today's guest is Crystal, based in Chicago, and we're excited to have her on the podcast because she actually achieved an incredible real estate feat at very early in her career and also is a recently licensed real estate agent. So Crystal Adama, cannot wait to have you on the podcast. Yeah, Crystal, we wanted to ask you, you know our podcast is focused on planting the seed to help trade that money stress for real happiness. What does happiness mean to you and how are you using finances to get there? Man, that's such a great question. So before I get into that question, I do want to say thank you for having me on this podcast. (laughs) It's really a pleasure. (laughs) Um, But my name is Crystal Adama. And as you said, I am a realtor based in the Chicagoland area. Um, But for that question, happiness means having options. Meaning that if I feel sick and I want to go to the doctor, I have the ability to leave my main job and go to the doctor Mm. or not feel forced to live in this neighborhood or go to this school Mm. or, you know, have this specific lifestyle. So happiness is having options. I love that. And for me, thank you. I really appreciate that. (laughs) But for me, um, how I'm incorporating my finances is obviously, in my mind, I'm, I'm good, well, I'm thinking I'm going to live until 100 years old. <laughs> so I feel that at 24, 25, this can be the stage where I can plant those seeds so that when I do get nice. older, <laughs> when I do get older, I'm able to have more options. Um, so right now, really saving, really focusing on my finances, um, so that when I do get, you know, a little bit older, I can, you know, have financial freedom and have options. Yeah, Crystal, I think so relatable for us. Well said. And I wonder if it's that culture of 22, 23 years of schooling that make all of us say, you know, at the end of my career, I want to have options, but I'll, I'll leave that to the philosophers out of our listener group. Um, but in the meantime, Crystal, I'm so excited that you're here because today we have a question again on real estate by one of our guests or one of our listeners, but um, want to get your take because it's a little bit different than the rest. Um, and this listener said, you know, I've heard a lot, even on Seeds, this podcast, about the upsides of real estate, especially from an investment point of view. My question is, what are the top pitfalls that people run into when getting into their first investment property? Thinking from buying the buying team to not having enough down to structural issues, my MO is being overprepared. Ha ha. Ha ha. I get that too. (laughs) And I'm honestly doubtful that I haven't heard any disaster stories yet. If I invested in real estate, it would by far be the largest financial move by sheer dollar amount. And I want to learn from others' mistakes. Um... Crystal, don't want to steal your thunder here, but I know you are, even at the tender age of 24, a real estate investor, I'm so eager to hear what your initial thoughts are here. Yeah, so no, that's such a great question. 
Um, you know, we do hear a lot about the positive sides when we're hearing about investing. Um, so initially, when I was 20 years old, finding out about investing, I did a lot of research. And, you know, I didn't hear about that part, maybe until I actually crossed that path mm-hmm. of being a landlord. And I said, oh, wait, I didn't learn this. Nobody told me this. <laughs> so that's such a great question. Um, but I do want to say that I feel like it's it's good to be overprepared. Um, so essentially a mistake that I see people make is maybe not running the numbers. Mm. So essentially not seeing how much comps are running in that area. Or let me break that down a little bit. Like comparables that are running in those areas or how much the rent could bring. Or essentially, I'm seeing a lot of younger people who they say, oh, this is a nice home, but, you know, the rent does not cover the mortgage. Mm. So maybe not preparing before they actually purchase the building. But initially, when you are ready to buy a home and your contract is accepted, you have a stage in your contract period where you can get an inspector to view the property to see the structural issues. So if the um, inspector does see something, then they would be able to tell you and you can pull out of the contract if you want. Mm -hmm. But for me, what I didn't know are the things that can happen after, you know, purchase a property. I feel like you focus so much on how to acquire it, but not really how to maintain it. Um, so for me, what I would suggest for myself um, before I purchase my multifamily unit is really just trying to build up my contractors or or connects so that if, you know, something is leaking or something needs to be repaired, I already have those numbers on file instead of freaking out and trying to find them. Yeah. I remember uh, Kendall, one of our earlier guests, mentioned that shortly after purchasing her home, I think the washing machine broke. I think it was uh, the oven. Or the oven. Something yeah. like something that you need to have. Yeah, the yeah. oven or and it broke, I think, in week one. And it's oh my gosh, that could be a couple grand there to fix that mm-hmm. right off the bat. Exactly. So so right. I think it's great even, that I have a ahead. I have a story that even may even kind of beat that. I love <laughs> oh, Kendall. No. One up it. We won't tell Kendall. <laughs> I know. But let me tell you about this story. So I closed on my four unit building. On September 30th, 2019. On September 30th, 2019, I found out that one of my tenant's toilet wasn't going down. So the same day that I closed, the same day that I got my keys, I was finding out that there was a problem with my building. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome to real estate investing, right? <laughs> you really jumped exactly. right in. <laughs> Dove exactly. into the shallow but end. You know, before I before I let you continue, because I know when I say that, people are going to be like, oh, my God, I'm scared. Let me not get into real estate. So that expense was $350. But the next day was October 1st, meaning that I was collecting rent payments, and that covered that expense. Wow. Nice. So... Um, Crystal, I have a question. One of the things that you mentioned in, in your initial response there... You mentioned that you need to kind of run the numbers and make sure it makes sense. Oh, yeah, maybe it seems glamorous to have an investment property, but wait, will the rent actually that I'm accruing actually exceed the 
mortgage that I need to pay. Was were there any resources you used, Crystal? Is there anything you could share with the listeners to make that an actionable consideration? Yeah, that's a good question. So for me in my process, I uh, I didn't have anybody. So I just asked okay. my agent and, and asked them, okay, the people that are in the unit, how much are they paying? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that makes sense too, right? With But now that like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that makes a ton of sense with the ability to really, hopefully one, have a great relationship with your agent, and then two, leverage their network, not being afraid to leverage their network, and maybe even like talking to uh, multiple individuals or even following individuals that have done that before um, could be helpful. Like Crystal, we had talked about how you closed on your property you mentioned in September of 2019 um, your three or was it a four unit crystal? Four unit. Yeah. Your, your four unit, which is incredible. And, and, and mind you, that's like the year or very short after where you graduated. Um, so not at all to expose you, but actually to congratulate you because a lot of us think, Mm -hmm. okay, I have to wait five years out. I have to wait seven years out. Um, but to your credit, I mean, you were able to complete a huge feat a lot earlier than a lot of other people were. I'm wondering, like, if you had to do it again, like, if you bought the same unit, if you ended up, you know, with the same closing price, the same real estate agent, like, were there some things you'd do differently on on the front end research side? Man, that's such a great question. So, two things. I feel that I would have started saving earlier. Mm. So essentially, I started saving in January 2018. So I was making $600 per month, and I would put $300 in my savings account. But if I knew this information, well, actually, if I was more disciplined when knowing the information, I would have started two, three years before. Mm. Essentially, I would have more money, more options Mm -hmm. for homes, and that could probably produce better deals. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I would also do is not only researching how to acquire it, but how to maintain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that focus on the front end and and the back end too, because I feel like a lot of us right now, yeah. I'll speak for myself, I'm in that savings mode. Like I'm in that mode where I'm like, okay, Crystal, for, for you to be able to save 50% of that mm-hmm. income um, is incredible. Yeah, tip I, of the cap. Yes, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> seriously. I, I, I'm looking at saving maybe 10 to 15% for, for real estate, which isn't, isn't close, um, just by sheer volume. But, um, but with that, I, I'm thinking so much about like, okay, how do I get my team together? Like how to look for the best property? Like what should I look for? What resources can I learn about talking to different lenders? But I think too that management aspect of like being able to collect a rent check mm-hmm. and being able to respond in a timely manner or having things automated, um, small things like that might actually be helpful. So I, I want I guess my last question for you, Crystal, is is there anything that you're using now as an owner that you feel like has really been like a um, a, a silver bullet or a secret key to success? You know what? That's such a great question. Hmm. <laughs> I'll make you think on that one. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? I probably am not using 
the best resources right now. Like, for example, a lot of landlords, they may be using automated systems to collect checks mm-hmm. or they may be paying a company to mow their grass or shove their snow. But I'm doing all that stuff myself because I'm keeping my overhead lower, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I get to keep more of my money if I do it myself. Right. But now that I'm transitioning to this, you know, being a realtor, and literally I work from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., um, I may need to start automating those things. But as of right now, I like the extra coins. <laughs> yeah. So, well, listeners, if you have any ideas on how to automate or any experience, write those in. We'll, we'll share them. Um, Crystal, I also have a question because something that came to mind when I thought about something that you need to consider Um, especially when it comes to the maintenance, right? Not just the purchase of the investment property. How seriously do you screen your tenants? Mm. Um, I could see, I mean, I've heard horror stories of that being a problem, whether your tenant is committing a crime in your apartment or or something something like that. I'm not sure if you went through a screening process or did you just um, acquire these tenants that already existed? Yeah, so specifically my home was rehab so it was vacant for about five to ten years um so then when i was ready to purchase a property the seller asked me do i need a little bit of help um with getting the tenants um so i said yes because obviously the more help the better mm-hmm. um so i didn't screen the specific people that are here now uh-huh. but being a realtor i'm able to help other um clients that are out of state you know screen their tenants for their buildings and I would definitely say you want to act, ask where they were, get their supervisor's number, call them. Um, another tip is is finding out where they previously rented, calling the landlord. Yeah. Or even if you want to be a step further, like go to their apartment and see how they're keeping up with their apartment because that's exactly how they're going to keep up with your apartment. Mm. So those are some tips. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. But I mean, I I feel like we really planted the seed on this topic of real estate within, I mean, as it pertains to investment properties and what to consider. Um, I want to make sure our listeners know how the seed could blossom and grow, otherwise inspire their own wealth journeys out there. Team, what are our actionable takeaways here to help these seeds become plants? Mm. Crystal, I'll let you go first. Those are so good. That's so good. So good. Thanks. So I would say you literally have to just start wherever you are. Don't look at me and say, oh my gosh, like she has a four-year building. I can't obtain this because I started with zero dollars in my bank account. Mm. So even if you have one-fourth of a seed, it will still grow, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) A micro seed. No matter where you start. Exactly. It's so important to start. So, um, start and, and see how you can even make more money. Like, so there's Uber, there's Instacart, Lyft, and put that into your savings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would just say literally just save, save, save is super important. 
Yeah, I love that takeaway, and I'll do a little bit of an emotional connection to this listener here about being overprepared. I think anyone who who knows me or or interacts with me knows that I am definitely verging on that perfectionist uh, line there. Really? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> and um, and with that, like Crystal mentioned, just start where you are. I think that this listener probably is in a similar boat to me, where it's like. I want to know absolutely everything before going in. Um, read you a can't. <laughs> yeah, I read a, a really really good book called Algorithms to Live By. I'd recommend reading it if you're like into kind of data nerdy stuff. Um, but one of the things they said is you'll you'll get to a point a breaking point where you aren't going to know everything, but after that point, the excess like energy and stress required to like try to fill that gap of your education is not worth the the actual end output. So what I'm saying is start from where you are and also be confident knowing that there are some things you're not going to be able to understand and that's okay. We really want to focus on the foundation and then as Crystal mentioned, make sure to think about that post-sale process too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then my takeaway would be uh, make sure you run the numbers too. I, I think such a great consideration of not only the investment but also the maintenance costs. So I think being overprepared here is completely necessary. Um, also, I know one of my favorite real estate podcasts, Bigger Pockets. Um, yeah. released, they released an article on their blog, and they actually provided some resources that you can look at when you think of how much your rent might be. A few of those being. Padmapper, RentBits, Rentometer, and Zillow. They all provide estimated rents based on zip code, bed and bath, um, and and condition of the um, of the apartment or unit. So I think that's a way where you can kind of get an understanding of what your income is going to be and then weigh that against what your mortgage might be if, if that's something that's holding you back a little bit. And can I even add something to that too? When you're ready to buy... Try to work with an investor realtor because they will understand the concepts of you need a cash flow or to factor in maintenance. So you can literally go to your realtor and say, what are the the rents going for in this area according to the MLS? And we have access to it so we can give you that direct knowledge of what the system is telling us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. And, and I'm sad to wrap up this topic for now. But I want to take a moment to celebrate an incredible real growth moment from another one of our listeners. Uh, this one came came at us from Megan in Texas. Hey, Megan. And Megan, yeah, and Megan, <laughs> say hey from across the pond, actually. Oh, really? Uh, Megan know. listened hey, to, girl. yeah, Megan listened to a few of our episodes and was pretty inspired by some of the travel episodes, one of them being Varshini's sabbatical, the other being Jade and Jada on how they've traveled to so many countries and uh, Megan's been thinking about taking a vacation and kind of always thought about it in being too much of a burden on her financially and that's what always deterred her from taking a vacation and this write-in actually said Leslie and Liam comma I'm going (laughs) it said I'm going to Italy and I thought that's all it said but I realized that she just pressed enter a bunch of times and then continued the message below and then she mentioned how she listened to the sabbatical episode. She listened to Jade and Jada's episode and realized this is really feasible. I just need to budget for it and I need to understand what I want to spend my money on. I want to experience these countries. It's going to add value to my lifestyle and well-being. 
So I can totally justify this investment. Yeah. So anyway, Megan will be in Italy in the coming weeks here. Megan, so happy for you. Treat yourself. Megan, drink some vino for me. Mm. Honestly, we <laughs> love- Cheaper than water out there. Cheaper than water. And and Liam and I love bringing up these stories, right? Because Megan, it's not just you. It's not just Crystal. It's not just Liam and I really trying to define our wealth journey. We, we love hearing from you listeners, not only with your challenges, but also your growth moments. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Go to the link in our Seeds podcast podcast description. Share your experiences with us. We'd love to help you achieve your goals, celebrate you when you do. We can't wait to be part of that journey. So in the meantime, subscribe to Seeds to stay up to date with the community and collectively pursue happiness with us. Lastly, shout out Crystal, weighing in on this real estate investing topic. (laughs) Always love chatting with you. Crystal, where can listeners follow up with you, keep up with you and your journey? Yeah, so that's a good question. Okay, so my name online is Crystal Adama, and that's spelled A-D-A-M-M-A. Perfect. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Instagram, YouTube, my website at crystaladama.com. Love it. And also, I have consultations. So essentially, if you're like, you know what, this is sounds cool, but I need help. I, I don't have four years to learn this information. Reach out to me and I have consultations. We'll literally talk about savings, credit scores, um, and just so much more on how to prepare you to purchase your first multifamily unit. Crystal, I love it. And I know a lot of our um, listeners will, sign be, me up. will be reaching out. <laughs> so in the meantime, guys, have a great second half to your week. Signing Own off it. now. Signing off. <laughs> talk to you soon.